Hello and welcome to episode 478 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, March 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Thursday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain heaven. O Queen of Paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me. For whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Mary, in how many dangers I now am and shall be as long as I live in this world of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee and sigh to go soon to see thee, and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet and contemplate my mother, who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand which has delivered me so many times from hell and has dispensed me so many graces, when, on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all? My lady, in life I have been very ungrateful to thee, But if I get to heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessing and thanking thee forever. I thank God with my whole heart who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thee and the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will and in fine, that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hope for all this, and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me. Beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase this confidence in me, and I shall be saved. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows, dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Holy face of Jesus of the Vale of Veronica. Dear Lord, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which most offend God in our times, blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday and holy days, and communism. Pater noster, quies in celi, sanctificator nomen tuam, adveniat regnum tuam, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells, by all God's creatures, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen for the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion, 
that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies. For as thy beloved son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. Eternal Father, we offer thee the holy face of Jesus, covered with blood, sweat, dust, and spittle, in reparation for the crimes of communists, blasphemers, and for the profaners of the holy name and of the holy day of Sunday. Amen. Friends, today I would like to check out a website that I came upon a few years ago. It's a traditionalist Catholic website, and I'd kind of forgotten about, but there's a great deal of good information there, and I wanted to go through some of it in the coming days. It's called fisheaters.com, F-I-S-H-E-A-T-E-R-S.com, and this initial segment that we're going to go through is called How to Become a Catholic. I can echo the sentiments of Mr. Patrick Madrid, the Catholic apologist who said there are no two greater gifts a Catholic can receive than the gifts of his life and the Catholic religion. It's such a blessing to be a Catholic. And the title of this article is How to Become a Catholic. And the author, who I believe is anonymous, says, Praise be to God for your wanting to enter his church. I, for one, welcome you to her. Thank God for the gift of faith that he's giving you and ask him to help you treasure it. What you must do now is study to understand what the church teaches. Use your will, choose to intellectually submit to those teachings, to the Christ-given authority of the church to interpret sacred scripture and to formalize dogma and doctrine. If there's something you don't understand, trust that it's a problem with your understanding and not a problem with the church's authentic teaching. Ask questions. Don't expect emotionally high woo-woo experiences as you had in Protestant charismatic circles and raves and rock concerts, all born of dopamine rushes. Expect to worship Almighty God as he deserves to be worshipped in solemn dignity. Prepare to pick up your cross and follow Christ. Prepare to suffer for his sake and to work to acquire virtue. I'll pause at this point and say I was reading a Catholic website recently and the author was talking about how there seems to be a lot of Protestant charismatic groups, but very few Catholic ones. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's because we have the mass. That's because we have all seven sacraments and we don't need all these theatrics and emotionalism that can come with Protestantism. Now, don't get me wrong. I realize that there are still charismatic gifts in the church, but too often they're abused. You know, people are just seeking uh, an emotional experience. So many Catholics went in search of uh, an, an emotional experience of God, especially in the 1970s and 1980s. And they drifted off into Pentecostalism and some eventually just agnosticism or, or atheism when that high so-called of the emotional, the emotionalism of religion wears off. You know, feelings come and go. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel bad. It could be based on, you know, just chemicals in your body or what you had for lunch or whatever. But when you're a Catholic, you can rest assured that you're in the one true faith. You can rest assured that when you go to confession, you have your sins forgiven by Almighty God. As Gilbert Keith Chesterton, the, the famous writer and convert to the faith, 
when he was asked, why did you become Catholic? Said to have my sins forgiven. And you can have that assurance when you're receiving Holy Communion that you're not receiving uh, bread, you're not receiving wine. You are receiving the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Catholics are not subject to emotionalism and searching for the next religious high because our faith is in Jesus Christ completely and utterly. And we have the assurance that our sins are forgiven in confession. We have the assurance that we're receiving our Lord in the most blessed sacrament. The author continues here by saying, get baptized and confirmed. If you've already been baptized, say in a Baptist or Pentecostal faith community, you will not need to be baptized if the baptism was valid, i.e. if water was at least poured over your forehead. The words, I baptize thee, or you, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, or Spirit, were pronounced, and the person who baptized you intended to baptize you. If your priest isn't sure whether or not your baptism was valid, you will be conditionally baptized, i.e. you will undergo the rite of baptism. But with the words changed to, if thou art not baptized, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. I might say a word here about Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. They're not validly baptized. They don't have Trinitarian baptism. So when a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness is coming into the faith, they need to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Trinitarian baptism. Pope Benedict XVI, when he was speaking specifically about Mormons said they are not Christians because they don't have a right understanding of the most blessed Trinity. Once again, the author continues here by saying, regarding the first goal, there are two ways one typically prepares to become Catholic. One can often read catechisms, study the faith on one's own, and then satisfy a priest that he is ready to enter the church. Some priests will meet with you one-on-one -on -one to talk about the faith with you in order to make sure you understand what the church teaches and will then baptize and confirm you when they think you are adequately prepared. More typically, though, RCIA will be expected. RCIA stands for Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, a rite started in 1972 and intended for the unbaptized, but typically used for anyone who enters the church baptized or not. Classes for those preparing for the RCIA, RCIA classes, usually last for nine months, meeting once a week, and are structured such that you enter the church at Easter along with many other adults by being baptized, or conditionally baptized if necessary, confirmed, and receiving your first Holy Communion all at once. If you are already baptized, you enter RCIA as a candidate. If you are not baptized, you're referred to as a catechumen. These classes are usually run at the parish level by lay people, and they tend to be incredibly awful. The faith is often watered down, and outright heresy isn't uncommon. It's completely silly and wasteful that, for example, some highly educated Protestant who's read his way into the church by studying the fathers, or some autodidact sort who's read four different catechisms and knows the faith better than the appointed RCIA instructor, is made to endure the insipid RCIA process. Alas, if you are made to go through RCIA, I still recommend reading catechisms. The older, the better. In fact, I not only recommend it, I can't stress this highly enough. The human element of the church is in a wretched condition, and it has been since the Second Vatican Council. 
you must take responsibility for your own catechesis if the only Catholic instruction available to you is what's typically available. In any case, what most people do when entering the church is contact their local parish and talk to the priest. But I highly, strongly urge you to find a parish or chapel that offers the traditional Latin mass, even if the place is farther away than the parish in which you live. What is the traditional Latin mass, TLM? It's the form of the mass that grew slowly and organically over a millennia and a half, and which was set in stone at the Council of Trent in the 16th century. After the Second Vatican Council, also known as Vatican II, which took place between 1962 and 1965, a new form of the Mass was quickly put together. This new form, called the Novus Ordo, N-O, was a disaster, failing to accurately reflect Catholic doctrine, beauty, poetry, and tradition, but it is still the form of the Mass offered at most parishes today. The traditional Latin Mass, however, was never abrogated, and it is resurging in popularity in a very big way. You can read more about that at the link just above, and the hyperlink is given, but don't worry about that right now. First start in on those catechisms. And of this is me talking here. I can highly recommend the uh, Catechism of the Council of Trent, uh, the Baltimore Catechism, the Catechism of St. Pius X. Those older catechisms are a sure norm of teaching the faith. The author continues here about that wretched condition of the human element of the church. After you've read a few catechisms and understand church teaching, as it had been understood for 2,000 years, I urge you to read the traditional Catholicism 101 page of this website, and we'll go over that here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In fact, I urge you to read it twice, reading it through once and then going back and rereading, clicking the links as you go along the second time around. You have to know that it was foretold that the church will follow Christ in his passion, that we will suffer with him, and that before the last judgment, things will heat up in that regard. I don't know, and I'm not saying that we are in the end times, but there is no doubt that those who hold to the faith are being persecuted, not just by the world, but by those very Catholics we should be able to trust, to teach, sanctify, and shepherd us. From the Pope down to many bishops and many priests come confusion and too often outright heresy and sacrilege. You must come to know what the church traditionally teaches and do your best to find or help make a parish or chapel that offers sound teaching and the traditional sacramental rites. A few other things you simply must get clear about if you're going to survive becoming Catholic and being Catholic these days. You must know that what papal infallibility is and isn't. Not every papal muttering is dogma. Read the page in the Four Protestants section about papal infallibility so you can learn to differentiate between some papal utterance made to a journalist on an airplane and what you must submit to intellectually, and a hyperlink is given there. Always keep in mind that authentic Catholic teaching cannot ever contradict itself. What was true 2,000 or 800 years ago is still true now. This is basic logic. Catholic teaching can develop in some ways insofar as it can be expounded and expanded upon, and various assertions can be raised to the level of dogma, but it can never ever violate reason by contradicting itself. And if I can jump in here again, in other words, the Catholic Church will never say, okay, birth control pills are now okay. 
the church will never say, all right, women can be priests now. The church will never say uh, mass on Sundays and holy days is optional. Doctrine does not change. And the words of Cardinal Sarah, who would make a great pope, doctrine is Christ. The article continues here. You must be clear about what the church is and isn't. The pope isn't the church. The cardinals aren't the church. The church is the one holy Catholic and apostolic bride of Christ against which the gates of hell will never prevail and is made not just of the church militant, those being saved on earth, but the church suffering, those being cleansed in purgatory, and the church triumphant, those who are partaking of the divine nature in heaven. You have to have a platonic view of the church and be careful with language in this regard. If a pope were to teach outright heresy, it wouldn't be the church doing this. The church is incapable of that. The confusion that prevails these days isn't confusion in the church herself. It's confusion in the human element of the church militant. You don't have to like a pope. You must love him, i.e. will the good for him, as we must love all men, including our enemies. And you must always respect the office of the papacy itself, but you don't have to like a given pope or agree with him on statements that are not an exercise of his extraordinary magisterium. You can know he is wrong when he is, for example, when he contradicts what has always been taught, and you can say so respectfully and remain a faithful Catholic. To sum up, do these steps. One, start developing a prayer life before anything. There are prayers you can memorize, and some you should memorize, but praying in your own words from the heart is also important, perhaps more important. Ask God to lead you to all truth and to nourish your burgeoning gift of faith. Two, catechize yourself. Do this even if you're made to go through an RCIA program. Find catechisms here for free in PDF format, Catholic library, and a hyperlink is given. I recommend going through the Baltimore catechisms. You'd also likely benefit from Archbishop Fulton Sheen's audio catechism, which you can listen to here also for free, and a hyperlink is given, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's radio catechism. Three, then read the traditional Catholicism 101 page twice. First, just straight through, and then again, clicking on the links as you go along. We're going to go through that on Our Lady's podcast. Four, explore the rest of the Being Catholic section for pages that will baby step you through the how-tos of Catholic practices. Use this site's search engine to look up things you have questions about as you go along. Five, contact a priest near you, going out of your way if possible to find a priest who offers the traditional Latin mass, also called the extraordinary form or the Vitus Ordo. Please be very aware that the Novus Ordo or ordinary form offered in Latin is not the traditional Latin mass. Visit parish websites or call parish offices to find out which form of the Mass is offered at a given parish. Tell the priest that you want to enter the church, that you've catechized yourself, and that you would like to avoid RCIA classes if possible. Attend RCIA classes if he says you must. Six, after satisfying the priest that you know the faith and are ready, set up a time with him to get baptized if needed, to get confirmed, to make your first confession, and to receive your first communion. Or, if you're made to attend RCIA classes, you'll be baptized and do the rest with many others at a predetermined time, usually at Easter. Seven, if you're a loner, that's fine, of course.
But if you want more of a sense of community, check your parish bulletins for post-mass get-togethers, groups, meetings, events, etc. Some parishes are busy, some aren't. Some are friendly, some aren't so much. If your parish isn't what you wish it were, be the change you'd like to see. But always keep your eyes on Christ first and foremost. He is why you're there. And I'll jump in again here. There was a lovely young lady who organized a Catholic young adult group back when I was uh, a Catholic young adult when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And she talked about how when she was a Protestant, there were like over a hundred people, um, young adults at their, their Protestant meetings and everyone was very kind and welcoming. And she said it wasn't really the same type of warm, welcoming feeling she got in the Catholic church. So let's be kind to people, right? Let's be welcoming. It's one thing to have the fullness of the truth, which we're so blessed to have in the Catholic faith, but we can't be dour. We can't be downtrodden and mad at the world and angry about everything that's happening in the church. We have to be joyful. We have to have smiles on our faces. I'm not talking about being a Pollyanna or, you know, fake enthusiasm. Earlier in the show, I was talking about, you know, emotionalism that some people run into just looking for the so-called high of a religious experience. But we should have the joy of being a disciple of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And that should manifest in the way we interact with people. Welcome them into your church. Say hello to people. Smile at people. It's very, very important. Okay, to continue here. If you get discouraged by the sad state of the human element of the church in these crazy times, don't despair. Trust in Christ always. Trust that the church is the ark of salvation and the gates of hell will never prevail against her, no matter the sometimes inane and insane doings of her earthly leaders. And read the page, again, hyperlink, Surviving the Post-Conciliar Madness for Little Inspiration. And that is how you become a Catholic. And there are a couple of footnotes here. It says, if you're American, find your diocese here. And uh, a link is given. Then use that website to find your local parish. Another option is to enter the church through the priestly fraternity of St. Pius X, the SSPX, located in SSPX Chapel near you here. Link is given. Folks, if you have an SSPX Chapel, Society of St. Pius X Chapel near you, go to it. You will find holy priests there. You will find good people there. Head to an SSPX chapel if it's anywhere near you. And the uh, final footnote here says, you might also find a traditional priest near you using this directory, www.latinmasstimes.com. That's www.latinmasstimes.com. So check out that page uh, fisheaters.com. And we'll be going through a lot of good material at that website in the coming days here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. And may God bless you if you are thinking about entering, <clears throat> excuse me, the Catholic Church or returning to the Catholic Church. I welcome you with open arms. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. Please be assured of my prayers for you. Let us conclude, friends, once again by mentioning 
Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org and also episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, in which I interview my wonderful sister and my equally wonderful niece about RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method. Excuse me, a system of communication for non-speakers. It has helped so many people be able to communicate. Communication is a human right. We want to get the word out there far and wide. Once again, H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org and episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Let's pray now for help and for healing for non-speaking friends and family members. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael, Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. The three Hail Marys in honor of the Immaculate Purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Memorare de St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, ora pronobis. Sancti Osef, terra daimonem, ora pronobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, ora pronobis. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 478 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most importantly, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. They need your help. Goodbye, and God love you. <laughs>